technologically advanced thoughts and prayers is back in business <laughs> hello so everyone true. um i guess we should i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna open up by saying that i'm in a terrible mood so that's yeah, you we'll seem see like what you were struggling a little bit today q what you seem like you were struggling a little bit today yeah, I am struggling. I'm struggling with my day in general. Um, but happy Yom Kippur. I hope everyone's repenting. Um, what are you repenting for? Um, I don't know. I feel like I've been pretty good. Maybe you should repent for texting while we're recording. Um, I'm not texting. <laughs> <laughs> you were a second ago. <laughs> I literally just picked up my phone and set it down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to repent for being aggressive sometimes when I'm stressed out. That's what I'm going to repent for, like I just was. So <laughs> I think we're all good in the eyes of God. Um, yeah, no, I don't know why I'm stressed. I guess I'm just stressed out because I took a train from D.C. to back to New York today and as I came into New York I was just like so depressed about how it looked because like the tropical storm is like hovering over us or whatever um it's a really shitty day here in Chicago too yeah it was just such a shitty day and I was just thinking about how there's people who live on like tropical islands and shit like that you know like Jeffrey Epstein yeah, like rich people and how I like live in this like gray, scary city, you know, or the citizens of Lahaina, Hawaii. Is that is that where the it got burned down? Yeah. yeah. OK, well, maybe not them, but um, <laughs> other, other people get to live in beautiful tropical um paradise and not me but yeah i'm just generally really anxious um i think travel always does that to me i'm like not someone who's good at the at like the movement aspect of traveling travel. blows i just i this i just got back from new york as you know um where we recorded our previous episode and it just fucking blows especially like the airport at least you got to avoid that with the train right yeah i mean i showed up at 8:48 this morning and my train was at 8:50 and i just walked right on oh, you know amazing i mean i could have been carrying a bomb i mean no one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there Apparently, was no yeah terrorists don't like trains so those are safe even though, but that was the biggest thing when I was at the airport this last time. I was just truly reflecting on how absurd it is with the uh, this all the security theater. It's completely pointless, and yet they do it to immiserate us. It is pointless, and it is funny that I can walk onto an Amtrak uh, with just literally don't show an ID don't show anything nothing just walk right on um because certainly a terrorist could blow up a train too i would guess yeah yeah well i mean yeah and the government does it right with the uh 
train derailings <laughs> or whatever toxic fumes in uh what was that city called east palestine or whatever oh yeah that's right we don't hear much about them anymore yeah. um well i guess we should we should plug at the top we do have a paywalled episode first time ever um it's our last step it's our episode that <laughs> i guess when this comes out it will have been our last episode it's sort of a special one a and i are together in his hotel and we're recording and yeah we do lauren bobert and russell brand and stuff like that so if you want to listen to that subscribe at five dollars on our Substack, um, we realized that we're incentivizing no one, literally no one, to subscribe because it's all free. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate all of the free subscribers too. So, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you appreciate uh, tuning in to thoughts and prayers and hearing our uh, low IQ diatribes, then. Uh, yeah, throw us a throw us a subby. Yeah, if you think about it, it's essentially like I don't know. Um what it would be the equivalent. It's like buying us one coffee a month that we have to split. <laughs> I don't My, know where are you getting I'm... coffee, Q. What? You need to go to Duncan. Get off the Starbies. I go to Duncan. Oh, good. How much does coffee cost for you? Coffee, a coffee. If you're just getting like a normal iced coffee or something at Dunkin', it's like $2. No, I don't. I've never paid that. But I also get the giant. I get like the giant iced coffee that makes me feel like I'm on crack. You oh, know? yeah. I get yeah. the giant one where I feel like I have a little bit of hope for like 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. of, of the day. Well, you can get the red eye too where they like put an espresso shot in there too yeah i drink enough caffeine already i actually think i need to cut back on it but this is this is boring <laughs> what we're really saying is, is i guess with, if with a's coffee order you could buy us each a coffee so think of it that way yeah. um i know we're going to talk about bap today but i just wanted to I, I wanted to briefly touch on the entire Canadian parliament, including Justin Trudeau clapping for an actual SS officer. <laughs> what was happening with, I saw your tweet about it, but, or your skeets. So they had Zelensky. Oh no. Q, I lost you. Yo, I don't know what Can you happened. Hear me? Yeah, you froze on my end. That's what it, Anyways, you I you said they had Zelensky. That's where I dropped. Them. Yeah, I'll just I'll just restart. So Canada had Zelensky. Um, he was able to fly out of the war zone, thank God, um, in a private jet, <laughs> and there was no risk to his life doing that, I guess. Um, and he came to Canada to address the government and ask for money, which is like his thing that he loves to do, which he and... did in the U.S. as well. But yeah. Yeah, he visited the U.S. as well, but, but Canada decided to add an extra flourish onto the whole ceremony by um, inviting a former um, Nazi SS officer that fought, um, a, like, that was, like, I guess a Ukrainian, but fought the Russians, um, but was literally an, a Nazi. 
Like, not like, I'm not calling him a Nazi in the way people call everyone Nazis. I'm like, he was an actual Nazi officer, like in his 90s. Um, And they presented his bravery for fighting against the Russians, because that's what the Nazis did (laughs) uh, in in World War II. And he got a loud, uh, raucous, raucous standing ovation from the entire uh, parliament. Wow. Yeah, no, I didn't hear about that. Um, I I would suspect it's not going to get covered in much mainstream media. <laughs> I mean, Fox News might do something about it, but uh, my guess is, you know, yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, we all know the whole thing about the Ukrainian the war basically being fought by like this Nazi battalion in Ukraine, anyways. So. That have they like they literally they have like the little insignias and shit on their uniforms and tattoos and whatever. <laughs> yeah, so we're just sending money to actual Nazis while we call people who post memes online Nazis, um, and then we're cheering for them. In, I mean, Canada's a failed state. Like honestly, like I think that it might be better if the U.S. just uh, took over at this point. I'm not saying that we're, like, much better, but I think we're better than them. I have a strong opinion on that. Yeah, well, I think the U.S. basically is in charge of Canada, you know, or, you know, whatever, the sort of Anglo-American uh, elite is, is all run by the same people, essentially. But, um, but I think basically in Canada, they're doing, like, what they would like to do to the United States, you know that just people here just like aren't down for it. Yeah. I will say it was heartening being in DC and seeing that like the highest, you know, the highest point in DC when you're standing on a roof is the national cathedral. And then on the other side, the highest point is Catholic university. It just reminded me that like we maybe retain like some religion here. Well, actually it's a, you know, the U S is a pretty religious country. Um, but I was just, I was like, at least people believe maybe a little bit in something here. Like Canada seems essentially godless. Um, they're just, you know, making their senior citizens into Soylent now almost. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's not a great scene in my opinion, but yeah, if, if, if all the, american libs want to move there i definitely encourage them to do so yeah they should go they would like it there um i also read this article about about this we'll transition into talking about that but i also read this article about how like the maid requirements have gotten so expansive like as in like so many people can get it that like this guy who had like a slight (laughs) hearing impairment (laughs) in his in his 60s got mated and like his family is like suing now because they're like why would anyone allow that to happen oh like you know God. what i mean like there should be some limits yeah, like a twisted ankle or something <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's crazy it's like it's like and then i actually had someone say to me on on my when i commented on it on twitter they were like well it's consensual so it's fine and i was like we're doing cons- we're doing we're doing it's consensual so it's fine for for death now yeah that seems that seems uh problematic to to just well it's consensual like if i told you to shoot me in the face right now you know 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, it's better for the environment, you know. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess you're really fucking up the environment with your kids and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of reading, uh, let's talk about BAP. Let me get my yeah. book so out. You, yeah, I'm reading I, I did read the uh, stuff you sent, but I feel like you're going to have to do some of the heavy lifting here just because I I really don't know much about BAP. Um, uh, this is right. one of my like, online kind of blind spots. I just don't really get what his okay. deal is. Well, I'll 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 do a background because I'm not gonna. I mean, I think like 95 percent of the you know 40 people who listen to this podcast know who BAP is, but maybe there's a couple who <laughs> who don't. So I'll do a quick uh, a recap. Um, well, so Bronze Age Pervert started posting. This is a Twitter account. He started posting around when Trump was elected, 2016, and his main kind of posts were sort of about kind of these like thirst traps of like really Male hot nudes. Like, <laughs> dudes. Yeah. Like white guys. Um, and there was sort of this like fantasy element of like these dudes are going to go to these like tropical islands and like impregnate as many women as possible. These like high IQ, like Aryan bodybuilder uh, guys and he, his favorite short story, at the time at least, was this short story called Dominated by Doug, which was about an alpha man who, I guess, rapes. I mean, rape would, I don't know, the, 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 sub, the submissive nerdy man likes it. So I don't know, maybe not rape. <laughs> but whatever, this guy dominates this, like, submissive nerdy guy. And, like, that's, I don't know. So it, it was very gay and, like, kind of faggoty at the beginning. Um, but then he released in 2018, I think he released this book called Bronze Age Pervert, which is essentially kind of, it's like a Nietzschean sort of reading on the current, um, political culture. I've never read any Nietzsche. This is just my understanding. I mean, like all my, all the Nietzsche I've been exposed to is through BAP. But um, he basically, the book is about the lack of vitality in modern culture. He coined the term bug man. He, he okay, coined the I term. That. Yeah, he coined the term roasties, which is like women with, I guess, blown out vaginas. Um, he claimed, yeah, he, he, he made up a bunch of terms that like are kind of like in regular parlance now for bug men being probably the most, the one in widest use. Um, and his argument in the book, if I had to sum it up is something like we in, in bronze age pervert, the argument is something like we have sapped all of the vit vitality out of our culture. And we're left with this very hollow, um, sterile, sterile right. culture where people are cucked by their jobs and by their lifestyles and they're sort of just bent over their screens and they're sedentary and they eat they eat shit and they like don't have kids until they're in their 30s when like 
you know, that would be like kind of historically speaking an incredibly late age to have children. And yeah, so he sort of like romanticizes this like ancient Greek like way of life where like, you know, everyone was supposed to be like in and beautiful and in shape and they achieved that through sort of a <laughs> kind of a eugenics type movement and right like if you were disabled or if you were like deformed in some way you were just like thrown off the mountain and they like <laughs> you know like and so they like kind of achieved or, or this at, at least you wouldn't have like a position of social authority or whatever. well no they just yeah. i mean according to him they just killed them yeah. um and they had slaves but he kind of writes a lot about having slave mentality that like uh you know a greek would have rather died than be a slave so like he kind of like creates this sort of caste system of like anyway whatever so that's like but what bronze oh, age. And, my like, understanding is it's not like he's just laying out like a rational analysis step by step rigorous blah blah, blah. it's more like um, he's got kind of a outrageous attention grabbing almost just like shit posting kind of style of writing right yeah it's really fun and it's really propulsive and he writes in sort of this like eastern european accent so it's like there's a lot of like grammatical mistakes but it's really 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 fun to read and some of the points he makes are like legitimately like i think valid like he talks about how you know the suburbs are like a terrible place to raise boys because he thinks that like boys need kind of space to explore and to get in trouble and like the and he's like rural environments and urban environments are much better for that like they need, you know, they, they they shouldn't be siphoned off in their houses playing video games. Like, they really should be able to, like, kind of, you know, get in trouble and <laughs> run around. And <laughs> that would be much better for boys. And, uh, and I think that's true. Like, I think that is true of many male children and probably female children, too. Like, I do think a certain amount of freedom is needed. Um and other points he makes that I think are sort of valid are like, uh, he talks about, you know, he writes a lot about being kind of in the spending time in sort of the margins of society. So he like does a lot of like getting drunk and going to like red light districts and like Bangkok and like sort of immersing himself in kind of the seedy underbelly of culture where he thinks vitality is still um, thriving. And I yeah, think that there's some prostitutes, right? Yeah, he he fucks prostitutes, but like I kind of see what he's saying. Like, there are these places, at least that I've experienced in Ben, where you do feel like you're kind of outside of like the normal, like kind of like moral strictures of like middle class society, and like the long you know, house, the long house, right? But it, well, you know, that was another BAP term, right? I think that was another BAP term too. Yeah, and. But he makes the argument, I mean, like, I guess he makes the argument, like, these pla these kind of, like, in-between places are allowed to exist because certain people do need somewhere to blow off steam and, and act insane, both men and women, right? Like, they need places to be, like, carnal and, like, you know, I, like, 
animalistic. And so um, anyway, but he along peppered with that is a lot of overt racism and like homophobia and sexism or whatever. Like, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I, it's, it's all very tongue in cheek. It's hard to tell what he actually believes. That's bronze age pervert. So <laughs> before we talk about the articles, we're going to go into these articles because BAP has had a recent massive mainstream awareness happen in the last six months where a lot of people have um, become aware of him who would have never otherwise heard of him and Republican young Republican staffers on the Hill are reading BAP and it's like it's kind of hitting this sort of mainstream um, kind of like yeah, it's happening. But um, I remember there so. was an initial wave of that during the Trump administration. I don't remember exactly when, but I remember there being kind of like these little articles about, you know, the online right wing, you know, influencer that all the Trump administration loves or whatever. You know, I think that's true, but I think he was sort of grouped in with a group of influencers. And now and now there's a there's a, like a very big focus on him. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so these articles dox him, but everyone knew who he was for a long time. His name is Kostin Alamaru. Um, I'm probably not saying that right. He's an academic. He's educated at Yale. Um, MIT and Yale. Yeah, Yale PhD. So a little Yale PhD. There. He spent a year in postdoc at Emory where he was essentially, I think, like, fired from his job because he was so erratic. Um, and then he kind of went underground and became BAP. No one knows really knows where he lives. He's, you know, when he posts photographs, he's often in foreign countries. He's in Hong Kong. He's in Madrid. He's in, you know, whatever, like, all these different places. Um, but I guess before we get into the articles, it's worth mentioning in like the BAP narrative, he recently, um, published, <laughs> I'm holding it right here. A can't, A can't see it. He recently republished his graduate thesis, Selective Breeding and the Birth of Philosophy. And it's, um, a number one New York Times bestselling book, which is insane for a, um, basically a, a student dissertation, which are typically not even read by the graduate um, advisors who are paid to read them. So <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating um, tale. I'm sure we're going to get into some theories about how it's not all organic. I'm sure we're going to touch on that. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the articles now. Uh, do you want to start with the Atlantic piece, I guess? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So what did you think of the Atlantic piece? Or do you want to give a summary of the Atlantic piece or kind of say what it says, I guess? Um, yeah, let me pull it up. But I feel like it was just honestly pretty masturbatory. Um well, it's... all the articles are kind of horny for him. I think we should go ahead and <laughs> yeah. like there's an undercurrent of like kind of horny for Bob in the yeah. articles, well, I would argue. One of the things that I've noticed, and this has always been like as long as I've been aware of Bronze Age pervert, is that um, 
they anyone who's writing about him always kind of characterizes his thought if you want to call it that like they'll say oh he's fascist he's racist he's blah 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 but they never really give any examples of that or like explain you know it's just kind of i guess yeah no i I don't know it just doesn't um i mean this the atlantic article does say it's hard to convey precisely what bap believes in part because his views are so outlandish that even when stated simply, they sound like incoherent ranting. Um, But it's like, then at the same time, while they say that, then they take everything that he says at face value, you know? Yeah, he does say things like, okay, I'll give an example. Like he talks about the founding myth of rome like where the romans think they came from and i guess they think they came from this like man who abducted this woman from some other tribe and forced her to marry him and that's where all roman people they have some sort of origin story like that (laughs) and he says it like i i don't i mean he he's obviously like i don't think he's like men should force women into marriage but he doesn't write about it with like first off this is a myth let's be clear but he doesn't write about it with like the condemnation like he doesn't write about it through the lens that one would have to write about something like that now in order to um even mention that myth right like now a feminist scholar might write about that myth but there would have to be a lot of anger directed at it Whereas he presents it in sort of just a neutral, possibly admirable way. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. The end of the article. Well, so of course, like liberals just have to make everything like a science metaphor. But um, he says his last message, because I guess this this author writer was in touch with BAP and knew him somehow. Um, His last message came during the pandemic. I asked how things were looking in Brazil. Not bad, he reported, with laconic caginess. He had not yet veered, as he later did in his public statements about COVID-19, into outright conspiracy theory and extended roasts of Anthony Fauci. Um, Since then, I have come to think of BAP's performances in immunological terms, a gnarly virus that had lain dormant for decades in circles of philosophers and their unread books. Now that it's loose in the human population, it's a vicious kick to the liberal immune system. And that's not entirely bad. Unchallenged, liberalism's defenses waned. Their liberals forgot temporarily why their cause was worth defending. The antibodies are stirring. yeah but i think it's at least this art at the bare minimum this author who does admit sort of a like minor acquaint like friendly acquaintance with bap like at least he admits that like liberals and i do think you saw this during the obama years got used to this narrative that like they had won there was never going to be another republican president the demographic shift had occurred in the country to the point where like, you know, liberalism had won, the left had won, the Democrats had won and the fight was over. And I think that then Trump happened and then COVID happened and 
they began to see massive resistance to their, frankly, authoritarian um, style of running the country and their beliefs. And yeah, they've been shocked by it. So, And BAP emerged as the vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I think he's an agitator and a provocateur, a provocateur. I was thinking of the other stuff he says that I think is like valid. Like he does talk a lot about male on male friendships and how that has become like a code for like, that's gay. <laughs> um, when he argues that like those friendships are like really healthy for people and like, he's, you know, like, and then, and then it's like interesting because like he says stuff like this and then like, you know, the New York times publishes an article with like hand wringing about the epidemic of male loneliness, but it's like, they can't possibly see that in his kind of philosophy, like he's kind of talking about what they're talking about, but they can't even like separate. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's kind of like you were saying with the um, they're horny for him. It's like they're they're horny for him and they're scared of him, and that's all kind of like mixed up, you know, together. Um, and but yeah, that that's the other thing that just comes through to me so much in, in all these pieces against him is like these these writers are seem just like legitimately very like afraid of him or like what but it's like what what are you even afraid of like what policy or something is is bap even advocating for you know it's not well they're they're afraid and titillated because like the new york times article like is titled the lost boys of the far right which is a very like sort of fantastical kind of like titillating title i would argue you know what i mean and then like the atlantic article imagines this like rogue network of yeah government officials yeah, undercover. of like of like disguised bug men who are like passing bronze age pervert you know between each other and they're gonna what like they're gonna eventually <laughs> like what exactly that's what i mean yeah. it's like what are they afraid is gonna happen well i just i don't understand yeah i i think it's funny because i think bap is just like old i mean okay let's like take like the the fair view and like not you know he's not an op he's not like controlled opposition whatever um let's take that i mean at, at the end of the day he's an entertainer right like he's a writer and he's an internet personality and he has a podcast. So ultimately, and this is where he gets his money from, is these things. So ultimately, it's like you're talking about someone who's just like like a, like a kind of a celebrity, but like a very niche celebrity. And like, that, I don't know, like what, 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 what power do you think that person has? Yeah, you know, he, he's just satirizing uptight lib cuck woke tards you know that's to me that's just really all he's doing and even the stuff about the racism and everything like to me that is more just like saying outrageous shit that he knows will get these people that he's making fun of all riled up and 
yeah, like build him into this kind of villain, you know. But, you know, he says funny things like, I mean, people are like, he's racist. But like I was I was listening to him on Red Scare and he was talking about how like, you know, everyone talks about how, you know, like race race realists talk about how black people have low impulse control as if that's a bad thing. But he's like. <laughs> I think that's an incredibly like admirable thing about them. <laughs> like, you know, like I want I want I want more people to have like lower impulse control because I think this like repressed sort of, you know, constant monitoring and and like the thing is is like what he's critiquing is what the left wants, right? Like like if everybody is racist, uh all white people are racist and the only way and you'll never eradicate your racism. Um, you'll be racist till the day you die. And the only way you can, you know, even do anything about it is to be constantly hypervigilant within your brain, checking for internal biases, checking for, you know, and 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 atoning until the day you die. So that's not a very uh, uplifting <laughs> or vital message for anyone. Like no one, like that 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 feels deeply depressing and it's, intentionally it's kind of like disempowering. he's offering huh Demoral it's intentionally yeah like demoralizing and just making people focus on how they're doing everything wrong and they're evil and whatever yeah yeah and then it's like on the flip side he's offering something that's um absurd but i mean how absurd is what i just described Right. That's an that's an absurd philosophy that like you are just a slave to these unseen internal biases that you may not even be aware of. And you have to spend your entire life focusing on them. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. That's an insane. It's an insane thing to tell people and that is what they say right and the other thing is it hasn't been shown to work at all you know like the the left has had so much opportunity I mean, you know the civil rights act and you know the uh affirmative action and all you know, all kinds of stuff and um you know Legalize abortion, people saying, oh, this is a way, this, you know, a way to uh, help get people out of poverty. They won't have kids they don't want, you know, all these, all these different kind of liberal policies that have been attempted that have not made a dent in whatever this perceived kind of inequality that they're attempting to address, you know. No, if anything from all statistical standpoints, things are more unequal, more segregated, and race relations are worse than they were in the 80s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> when our parents were, like, our age. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like all these things have gotten worse. Like, inequality has gotten worse. Everything has gotten worse since, like, what was kind of the peak of like maybe post civil rights, like race relations in this country, like arguably, like maybe it was like something like the eighties, right? Like right. Nine, maybe the nineties. And then it's been downhill since there. It's been horrific and bad and worse. And it's, right. it's, it's Expansion like... of the welfare state. Like, Oh, how's that doing? You know, how's all the, all the people on welfare, they're 
out of poverty, you know? We've had a no, good 60-year run or however long it's been, probably more than that. No, all the people on welfare just got addicted to opioids and began to just, like, die. So that didn't help and that didn't help them just we just flooded their communities with uh heroin we were like <laughs> that, plan, right. plan opted B. <laughs> out of the labor market and just got them a you know used to being um subsidized by the government income and they leave these sort of impoverished immiserated lives unproductive unfulfilling you know <laughs> So yeah, and that's and to so, me where if you if you t did take more of a BAP approach, where it's like your your destiny is in your own hands, and you just kind of got to make the best of whatever like you got, you know, that might be a better attitude to have, honestly. Yeah, BAP's attitude is like kind of like a yeah, he's like start working out, start eat less like complete dog food like dog slop yeah yeah dog slop like <laughs> like have sex and don't be scared of sex like like his 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 prescriptions are probably going to lead to <laughs> to a happier life for a lot of people um and, and, and i mean even so just having a sense of humor about it all as well you know like not oh that's sexist that's you know it's like just fucking like read this shit that's outrageous and like ha like laugh about it a little bit it's fine you know yeah so i mean i guess i'll talk about some of that because i've re i'm reading selective reading i'm not super far in i think i'm like 40 pages in i read i read like a just a little chunk on the train. It's not that long though. Um, so here's some stuff he argues that I, I was curious and I, I think you might actually sort of semi agree with it. Um, he argues that the project of a lot of civilizations was actually to coerce both men and women into existing and monogamous marriages <laughs> for the sake of producing um offspring and that that had and that that had to be sort of enshrined in like both religious and uh legal law because like and he kind of like argues that like patriarchy to the extent it exists was like kind of just like a way to like dangle some sort of shiny object <laughs> in front of men <laughs> To convince them to, like, you know, do something that's, like, kind of against their nature, which is, like, settle with a single woman and, you know, provide financially for her and her children. In exchange uh, for this role of authority is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Saying. They Societies deliberately enshrined a role of authority for men in order to convince them to do this thing that, like, most men aren't like naturally made to do but like he thinks it's a good thing like he thinks it's a good thing that they were forced to do that like he doesn't think it's a bad thing he's just saying like this was what happened like ancient governments like understood this to the point where they even um in some situations uh there were laws of the amount of times married couples had to have sex a week and you could actually bring a complaint against your women too could bring a complaint against their husband if they weren't meeting these needs because like and basically that's what like selective reading is about is like these ancient cultures like understood that like 
making babies and like having a robust population uh, was important. I don't know. I was curious what you thought about that because you've often joked that like a lot of men need kind of like the sort of arm twist of a woman to sort of reach the point of being ready to be dads or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know anything about, like, the history of it or whatever. But, I mean, definitely, like, in my own circle of friends and, and myself to some extent, yeah, like, most guys are not, like, super eager to settle down and start the family, you know, even if it is something they kind of theoretically want to do, it's always kind of like, oh, you know, maybe in a few years, you know, that kind of thing. And it kind of takes the woman being like, no, like we, you know, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it now. Yeah. So I thought that that was sort of true. I mean, I think the parts where he gets like, you know, where people would say the <laughs> the racist stuff is that these ancient cultures had no bones about, like, who they wanted to reproduce. To You know, they, like, they arranged marriages and they, arist aristocratic families made sure that their uh, children married other aristocratic families. And, like, he argues that, like, that that wasn't just like snobbery or money that was actually like they literally wanted to pass on like specific traits like they had some understanding that like they had i don't know they had some control over and that's and he argues that's what sort of started to distance like europeans from like places like egypt because like in egypt i'm just i'm again just telling you what he wrote i'm not like Honestly, I don't know enough about any of this shit to know if this is even A, true, or <laughs> B, has any validity. But I'm just I'm just literally laying out his yeah, argument. So, his... like, in, in ancient Egypt, you could marry your cousin. This produced a lot of, like, you know, deformed <laughs> children and shit like that. But in Europe, once Christianity happened, these, these things were outlawed, right? Like, you couldn't marry two i mean obviously there was like you could marry your like third cousin or whatever but they like outlawed like too close in um relations like marriages and like all of it and like he's basically arguing it like it was like a mass eugenics project and actually i learned some stuff that shocked me like icelandic people and ashkenazi jews both groups ethnic groups there's not that many of them are es essentially all like a, like kind of fifth cousins like that's oh, how like that's how close the gene pool is and I'm, I'm gonna give you a second I feel like I'm talking a lot but I'm gonna give you a second to talk but what he because I just wanted to give you his like kind of like the argument as I've understood it so far but he gets to this point where like the sexual revolution kind of was like okay now it's up to you guys like the government's not going to uh interfere religious institutions shouldn't interfere now it's up to the individual choice. And he argues that what has happened is essentially individuals have kept making <laughs> the same choices, right? Like, because, you know, we've essentially in many countries, particularly places like Europe and Iceland and countries like that have eradicated Down syndrome. So it's like women are still like, it's like, even when given, even when handing this power away from the government, 
Like we're not throwing deformed babies off cliffs anymore. Like when we gave the power to individuals, they continued kind of a selective breeding project ultimately. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I think it's definitely a, so a valid point. Like, so it used to be that governments, right? Like if they, if the government wanted to, um, reproduce itself, like, you know, reproduce its own sovereignty and rule for another generation, it needed, um, it's, its population to be very strong and vital, right? Because it depended on having basically in, you know, enough people who were capable of fighting and defending from external threats, you know, protecting your resources and land and what have you. And whatever ethnic group was in charge needed that popu the population to the robust population to be of their ethnic group. Yeah. Which is why which is why you see like across the globe and almost like a, just a gajillion situations, uh, you know, the ruling group prohibiting race mixing, basically. Yeah. And again, I, I don't know about the history of that, but that I mean, just hearing that, I mean, it, it makes sense. But um but then now you have a just a different situation where we have this kind of advanced technological society where our you know our everything that we experience is basically mediated um you know it's and so we're not really controlled in the same way by these relationships of land and oh you pay your lord or, you know, with agreeing to military service for them and they give you land that you farm or whatever. It's not, it's nothing like that. And so our, con the control system is just, you know, basically shaping our ideas through the media and, um, and the, the, the government in order to reproduce itself no longer needs us to be strong physically fit able to fight and things like this rather they've i mean i guess hist in the past and now the government has always viewed its subjects essentially as like resources to be managed but in the past their management required that they be physically fit in order to benefit the government now it's the opposite where they want us as unable to resist anything that the government is you know putting out as possible so they want us dumbed down poorly informed about what's actually happening physically weak eating shit taking medicines that are killing us you know it's all <laughs> So I mean, uh, you and I, and I do think BAP has a good argument for this. And I am like going to like fully throw myself into the, I'm going to, I'm not even going to pretend this isn't true. Like us up against like a Greek soldier, like you and I would be killed in like 10 yeah. seconds. Like, and so would like every, pretty much every, not even, no, every man we know would die <laughs> within 10 seconds up against like what these young men were put through in order to you know and like he kind of describes like 
the intensity of their like workout regimes. Like they would have to run miles and miles and miles and all of these, like, you know, like and all their armor and like (laughs) they had to like, they had to work out like so much and learn all this combat shit. And like, they're, they've been doing it since they were like 12. And like, I'm not going to pretend like, I mean, I literally watched like, 12 episodes with my gay friend this weekend of the real housewives of salt lake city like there's no way that like me <laughs> like i would just be like just decimated by these no, guys I mean, even our and version sh- of working out now is like walking at a slow pace <laughs> on like a hamster wheel while watching tv you know totally like my friend and i like literally like we're like we would like have like i don't know like we would like go have like a big big lunch (laughs) and then like he would be like let's go for like like a like a 45 minute walk where we would like leisurely (laughs) like walk around and then like go back to the apartment you know so i don't know i mean like i i think there is some and it makes me inspired like it makes me feel like i should i have been losing weight i have been trying to improve my body but it makes me think like anything i'm doing like pales in comparison to like what men were once expected to do even in our own country like oh yeah you mean even you know, like our I, th- I would say our grandparents generation were totally different almost like different species if you just look at you know look at like photos of what people look like back then versus like what the average person looks like now it's almost like unrecognizable it is unrecognizable and it's only happened in one generation and it's not like our grandparents generation was like you know they it's just like like they just i don't even think they were focused on being like elite like physical specimens it was just like the society they were in was healthier. The expectation, you know, it was expected that you would like be involved in sports in high school. It was expected that you would. Yeah, exactly. Just your daily life was not, I mean, we don't want you, you couldn't just spend all day staring at your phone or whatever. No, I look at pictures of my dad, you know, when he was in high school and college and like, he had like a six pack and I like, and I've never had a six pack in my life. And like, I asked him, I'm like, you know, how, how much were you like working out? And he's like, I don't, he's like, honestly, like, it was just like, I was an athlete, you know, like I was (laughs) running track and playing football and like, you know what I mean? He's like, I wasn't like, I had some sort of like weightlifting regimen. It was just (laughs) so, you know, and he's like, and I kind of ate whatever I wanted and I still smoked a lot of weed. It was just like, you know, but it was just like a different, but like, even that, like I was laughing. So him and I were talking about it. It's like the weed he smoked wasn't like, have you seen these videos of these dudes who like put all this like keef and like, like all this shit in these joints and they like, then they like drip the THC oil all over it. Like, just like, like it's syrup. It's like, you know, even the weed my dad was smoking was nothing like that. It wasn't like to get you just like, blasted like unmoving on the couch eating (laughs) cheetos and like pass out in your own drool and 
<laughs> yeah, he was smoking like swag with his like football friends, which I'm sure made them feel like a little high, you know? Yeah. And then going out and like trying to bang some chicks or whatever, you know? Yeah. Hanging out with like other girls who like were also athletic and <laughs> in shape and not eating <laughs> crap all the time. <laughs> who dressed feminine, who dressed actually femininely, like, and not like I literally was like, I can't believe it's embarrassing I'm talking about this show but I was literally watching the real housewives of Salt Lake City and one of the waiters came over and I truly couldn't tell what gender this person was and they were like 300 pounds and they had like blue hair and like piercings all over their face and I was like whoo I was like jump scare <laughs> you know like it was just it was just like a and even the women on the show i mean it's like funny that this is like what we watch on tv because they all have like insane like fillers and shit like all over their you know it's like I mean, everyone that's looks what I mean. insane it's like, like, imagine someone like your grandfather you know back in his day when he was like in his 20s or something and imagine if you just dropped that waiter or waitress, whatever, however they identified, <laughs> into like that world, you know, like He'd what probably their call the police. Would be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be uh, unfathomable, be like an extraterrestrial encounter, you know. I mean, you wouldn't be able to contextualize it, and it's not because they were um, so close-minded or something. Like it, it just. Um, that is it was it would that person would have been unrecognizable as like a human yeah. to them in that time. Like I'm sure now, my grandpa who's still alive, ninety seven. I'm sure now he's seen people like that and like gets what's going on. But yeah, like back in the day, that would have been seen as you know. I mean, that's an obesity has just emerged, and it's just that one aspect of it has been, you know, even just the last 10 years, it's gone up hugely. But even going back like 50 years, there were like virtually no obese people. You know, it was just not a thing. There was no, like, and you if, see and pictures if they of were, like the world's like fattest man at the freak show or something. And it's somebody who's like literally just like a normal person. Like, two, now, like 250. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like six three two fifty, which you could see like you could see that dude like fucking anywhere now. That's like a normal, yeah, <laughs> like, like not even considered like a fat person. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it is it is crazy to think about, and it I do think we've degenerated, and I don't think that there's any and like the thing I did like the thing I don't agree with with BAP to be honest is like I don't think it has anything to do with, with like race. Like I don't I actually don't I actually like think the race mixing thing is cringe like i do because here's the thing like i do under i do think there's a natural impulse that i don't think is evil that probably most people and this is statistically borne out end up marrying and mating with someone of the same race as them i think that that's and I, and I don't even think that's an, I, I actually don't think that's an evil impulse in any way i think it's just kind of like it just makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, that's and... people from your cult. It doesn't even have to be at the like genetic level or whatever. That's just the culture that you understand that you can relate to that. you. Yes. And like, and like statistically speaking, like to this day, that's like mostly what happens. And I don't think it's because everyone is like 
frothing at the mouth racist. It's just like you do end up gravitating toward people who have like similar cultural backgrounds to you. And those people tend to be racially similar to you in some way, shape or form. But I, but like, and it's, it's interesting when these people freak out about race mixing because it's actually such a statistically insignificant and small portion of the population that that's that that clearly cannot be what has caused the the degeneration in our like kind of cult and like our culture and our physicality because that's that's not even the that's nowhere even near the majority of what's happening like most people are still married to someone who's the same race as them so it's clearly all these other things we're naming the food is worse the lifestyle is worse. The, you know, the, the jobs are worse. Like it's just, it's, it's obviously it, to me, it feels obvious. It's all of that because race mixing is again, such an insignificant statistically speaking portion of our society. Well, and even just like the idea of independent thought, which is supposed to be theoretically, that's like a, a, one of the most important kind of liberal values but it basically doesn't exist anymore. I mean, everyone just gets their ideas from the TV or whatever, the New York Times, you know, like that, or, or, you know, college courses and things. But even then, it's still basically this kind of ecosystem that's mediated. Um, And I think that really has a huge, I mean, people just have become sort of literal like sheeple, you know, yeah, and the thing, the I mean, the other thing that I think you've pointed out before that I also think BAP would agree with is that, like, the liberal project has not been equality. It's essentially been to make the elites more diverse. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it hasn't been any true equality for, like, the underclass. It's just been, like, we're going to make the elite class more diverse more black people at harvard each year or whatever yeah yeah more black people at harvard more indian people in the government whatever like that's that's like what that's like ultimately what their project is but it's not really to help more people and like i kind of agree with like baps you know obviously i do think there are like systemic factors that keep generations of people poor i think it's like insane to pretend that's not true but you know the left offers that the you have no control over these systemic factors so you you know get your government handout and just die of fentanyl overdose at 38 something i've i've known people this has happened to and I feel like Same. BAP is trying to argue, like, <laughs> maybe, like, grasp onto some level of, you know, what you can control, what you do have the ability con- to control and do everything you can to, you know. And turning to the government to improve or sort out your life has proven to be a disaster. I mean, for almost everyone involved. Right. And know. it's interesting. I think he, I think actually he, uh, God. I've been listening to so much BAP. It's like hard to remember like if it's him or something else because I've like been trying to be actually prepared for this podcast, which I think I'm going to pat myself on the back. I'm pretty prepared. (laughs) But uh, um, (laughs) they were like, but like one thing I think that I can't remember if it's in Bronze Age Pervert or if it's in Selective Breeding, but it's like, you know, this idea that like 
liberals kind of want something that's essentially at war with, with, with it's like an ideology that doesn't quite work, right? Because on the one, oh, no, no, this was from Paglia, actually, because I'm reading some Paglia, too. So Paglia was arguing, like, you know, they want a daddy government, right? Like, they want a massive government that's, like, providing all these things. But then at the same time, they don't want that government to, like, be authoritarian in any way. And she's like, this is sort of, like, it doesn't, you know, how could you expect one without the other if you create a massive bureaucracy that's meant to like pass all this shit out to all these people and like provide all these services. They're ultimately also going to like exert some control over the populace. So it's like, you can't have, you know, she kind of yeah. argues you the, can't the, have which, both. But that is basically what we have now, you know, where the, they, they aren't outright, you know, authoritarian in the sense of like, there's soldiers on the corner of every block that will like, beat you if you don't like or if you aren't home by the nine o'clock curfew or whatever but the the authoritarianism exists it's just kind of disguised in these ways that make it seem like the government's caring for oh, with you we just looking out for your health we just, oh, we're not making you get the vaccine it's just that if you don't get it you can't go inside any public buildings but you know it's like that type of shit yeah so yeah and and bab actually doesn't i mean he does offer i guess some but i don't think it's here's the thing it's like it just doesn't seem serious like he offers some vision of the future where like an apocalyptic apocalyptic event like wipes <laughs> wipes out most of the people in the world and these like strong men are the only ones who are left to sort of uh <laughs> re restart society but like good luck. he doesn't believe yeah. he doesn't believe he doesn't believe that's actually possible yeah. i mean like <laughs> you know he's he's just sort of like fantasizing because like what he describes is like and the tsunamis rise and the mudslides it's like but he's not actually like like that can't act like you know what he's saying is like he doesn't believe it's going to happen yeah. you know yeah, almost like a Noah's Ark type scenario. Yeah, he's imagining kind of like a new Noah's Ark sort of thing, but it's like it's not uh it's not like, you know, a real like so, thing that Here's a question for you. Um so one of the articles that you 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 know wanted to talk about was from a conservative, like a normie kind of conservative perspective right. in the National Review and that one, it was still like anti-BAP because it was like, BAP is bad and this is why like we need to embrace like real conservatism or whatever. Um, but in that one, it was making it seem like he isn't really in favor of like men settling down and raising families. That was one of the big like critiques of BAP. So I don't know. And I, again, I, I hardly know anything about him. So, but I just didn't, is that not your reading of him then? Um, that is my reading. I agree with that. He wants men to have a lot of babies. Uh-huh. Um, but and that he, he should that... be out doing like 
cool like warrior shit not like changing diapies yeah i mean he thinks that men should procreate and he thinks they should provide for their offspring Uh (laughs) um that is that is true for sure but i don't think he's like a big proponent of the nuclear family Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah 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 for sure um but he doesn't like you know he doesn't think that um you know he's not he's super pro natalist and he he's kind of like an elon um he's kind of like an elon in the sense that he sort of like believes that like you know uh like the best people should um <laughs> procreate a lot and you know he's one of the best people similar to how (laughs) similar to how elon thinks that he's one of the best people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but let's look at some quotes okay as far Um, as i know he doesn't have any kids though right well we have no idea i mean he actually is very like secretive so like he could have a lot of kids yeah um but we don't know um, but here's what he writes about domestic life. Um, it, it is the very character of domestic life to present the world as an enclosed owned space. Although mankind adapts itself on the whole to this condition, both biologically and culturally, yet there remains a glimmer of the opposite tendency inside even the lowliest. He can't help but experience this new state of things in late civilization, except with dread, the dread suspicion and uncanny suspicion that the world is artificial. He begins to sense that this hot house he lives in, the malevolent creation of a demiurge that likes to observe our sufferings, that he and his minions feed on them in the remote future, should the evil of human innovation continue unchecked, he really will live in the world of, of the, Gnostic, the Gnostic spirit and that spark of vital life and energy that is the gift of nature to all youthful people born from its womb. That smart will remain entrapped in a matter wrongly configured, matter entirely foreign to its inborn desires and workings, but fashioned instead for the benefit of something else. So, I mean, I think that that does like sum up his, you know, uh, like he does think that like the nuclear family and stuff like crushes this, like, you know, uh-huh. cu- crushes this internal light or something like that. Uh-huh. What did you um what did you think of the um the the conservative take? Um I mean it's just it's just idiotic, but not really because I mean it's just like classic um you know we got to vote in the right people that'll fix everything value Christian values and blah, blah, you know, and it's like, I, I don't necessarily, I don't think like Christian values are bad. Like I, I think they're good. I think it is a good thing. And like seeing, um, uh, how like it was a lot of religious people who seem to not fall as much for like the COVID op and stuff. Um, but I, it's just like, you know, it's just kind of cringe. It's, it's not actually going to, it's not a correct analysis of the problem. Like BAP is not the problem. And if you want to, um, 
bring about some conservative resurgence, then like attacking BAP is not the way to do that. It just doesn't really, you know, it's just like, it's came across just like an old guy or something being like, oh, we don't, these kids are doing like new conservatism, like different than we did. And I don't like that, you know. But they really aren't because like, to be honest, like if you think of, I mean, again, and like we're mostly talking about middle class people here. But if you think about like the middle class, upper middle class, like conservatism of the 50s, it actually kind of was a very like Bappian <laughs> sort of model right because it was like the don draper thing like if you were an alpha man and you had your like wife and kids in the suburbs and your like big house and rye and then you had your you had your like apartment in the village and you had your sort of like hippie girlfriend down there and you were you sort of got to have like kind of like both and everyone sort of like all the women sort of understood the the deal no one was like delusional on the deal or <laughs> you know what I mean it was like and it's like it's interesting because I think that that's like what a lot of this new talk of the sexual revolution kind of critiques is that like pre-sexual revolution it was sort of like everyone knew the gig you know what I mean like people like to pretend they didn't but like they did like everyone kind of got the way it worked and like they they did what they could within the realm of what the, their constraints were. And now it's like everything is all over the place. So it's like you know, everyone has to sort of figure out for themselves what their own kind of morality is. And it's it's like hard because it's, it's, yeah, people are dumb. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I don't know that the way in the 50s or 60s was really working a hundred percent either you know i think a lot of people were still kind of unfulfilled and not of course yeah. of course they were famously unfulfilled i mean yeah. like a lot of alcoholism a lot of use of barbiturates and stuff you know yeah. so but i think it's just like everyone has become so pacified and just yeah like expecting the government to fix their problems which is absurd on just so many levels because the government is in many cases if not pretty much all cases like causing the problems but um you know it's like there the idea of even something like not paying your taxes right which is like it, it is a form of extortion basically like the government just takes your money and if you don't pay it, you go to jail and they do whatever they want with it. It has nothing to do with what you vote for or what your personal political beliefs are. They're sending it to Ukraine and all this shit. So it's like, uh, but the idea that you could just not pay your taxes, right, is just unthinkable. It's like no one is talking about that really, you know, like, um, or even just not voting, you know, like, um, it, people are just so it's like there's no everyone just so accepting of the shit sandwich that they've this system has given us or even to the extent that they do feel some kind of anger about it they direct that anger in the sort of government sanctioned channels you know um where to the point where it's it's okay if you protest for black lives matter as long as you wear the mask and you are very orderly no no violence or whatever you know but then january 6 
is whoa that was that was that was an insurrection those people went go need to go to jail you know um it's just so everyone is just so cocked basically you know there's no yeah everyone is totally cocked and even the way that most people travel i mean that's one thing i like liked about bap's book about how he just like likes to get like fucking like day drunk and just like wander around like the worst parts of cities (laughs) because like even the way people travel is so like hollow you know what i mean it's like and I, I do this. I'm not like pretending I'm above this, but you're like driven from like one sort of like nice locale to the next. And you're sort of just kind of in this like Disney World-esque experience of like, you know, <laughs> kind of experiencing like the surface level of like a country or whatever. Yeah, there's no not... adventure. You're not, there's no risk. You're not having to navigate situations solve problems for yourself you're just kind of on this little guided tour that get you know right for the most part that's what most people are doing except for maybe really young people and even then they're sort of like coddled in these like study abroad programs where like they're watched and you know um i did want to read bap's passage on homosexuality because i think it's good and i i think our audience will be interested in it are you are are you good with that do we have time for that yeah do we have time hey i'm asking you if we have time Uh, can you not hear me (laughs) (laughs) all right hallback whose explanations of the sexual problem of modernity of the incel All of these explanations are amazing and true, but even he is just following Nietzsche. If you want to understand true problem of our time, you can read that then, and I won't dwell on it. I want only to deal with one particular case of domestication, brokenness, of potentially high life that has been thwarted to illustrate modern problem. The peculiar history of how the queen develops, the modern effeminate homosexual is very telling. The problem of the modern homosexual is revealing because it is the model according to which many other kinds of higher life have been thwarted and warped into something else. Don't be fooled by propagandists. The modern homo has nothing to do with the ancient predatory bisexuality or with the pederastic rights found in many societies. On one hand, such people as the modern queen have always existed. But on the other hand, there are many specimens now who become this who would not have before. It is very unfortunate. It is a very it is a very unfortunate event in life of animal. Camille Paglia says that the modern homosexual is the product of the pressures of post-industrial life. Her model for this is that of a very sensitive young boy, open to aesthetic experience of all kinds, maybe the kind of slightly neurotic and artistic boy that a century ago would have experienced synesthesia. Such boy is turned off by the horseplay and rough masculinity of his brothers and father and other boys his age. The distancing from his masculinity is concurrent with his becoming over close with his mother, idolizing the feminine. Upon puberty, the distance or fear from masculinity leads him to eroticize it while he turns away from women, either because of too much familiarity or too much awe. In this, she is only half right. And the other half of the story I discovered from an alien mind whose teachings have been spread among some of the frogs. His name is Haro MJ. But I think this is a false name. I tell some of his ideas here as I best understood. He tells, I believe, his own story or someone he knows. He tells of how modern world corrupted his nature through stricture and turned him into a homo. But I think his story speaks to many others who didn't turn it into gay, but have nevertheless been disfigured in some other way by the same force. 
Now, Paglia's restatement of Freud is correct, but she misses an important element of the story, which is why such a boy turns away from masculinity of his peers in the first place. It is not horseplay or roughness of male competition as such that makes him turn away, but the utterly fake or artificial character of such displays, usually in our time. Such boy perceives what his peers don't, the conditional and entirely dependent character of life in our age. It is not the masculinity, the competition for status among men, the physical roughness that makes him turn away, but the fact that all such play is happening in an already owned space. It is this aspect of our time that is crucial to understand. When I speak of something like owned space, it must not remain mere word. When you understand something, I mean, you must see and feel it like you would a landscape of you know from youth, how to navigate all its nooks, the different heights of earth, the banks, the banks of streams, where the trees are and how it feels inside them, how long it takes walking from this or that group of beach to the abandoned factory so that the map is already in your body. This is only way to really understand something. I believe boy like this is one of the types that sees through the charade, the Lord of lies have dangled in front, a shadow play to dazzle the many. And he has turned off, maybe not by manliness, but, but, but the buffoonishness deluded character of modern masculinity, the defeated male that is turned into a peon and a neutered beast for women and hidden masters is a terrible thing to see. The jockeying for status, the physical fights, the adventures boys are supposed to have in a state of nature. All of this in nature is meant as preparation for life, for a life of conquest and expansion. Um, Roman teenagers of patrician class were sent already on missions on behalf of empire abroad. Modern adult Western male seeks permission to watch other men playing sports, quaff vegetable oil relish, beg for coochie in simulated intercourse, <laughs> masturbation with plastic on dick, precisely a character born for conquest, for expansion, a precocious type of boy who seeks real development and the real domination of the space around him, who understands in his blood that play and manliness are to this end precisely such a boy will have his expectations about life crushed and thwarted as soon as his, his eyes open, this may be around the age of six or seven, but it sometimes happens earlier. Such boy then comes to have only contempt for those among his peers who, not seeing the subjection we are in, continue under their delusion and expect the breaking that the Lord of Shadows begins in the human spirit around his age of awakening. By nine or ten, the education is almost complete in our time. They submit to the yoke and their sham simulated masculinity is now a parody of true manliness which in a state of ascent develops into the will to actually dominate space around myself, oneself, not into a caricature for the benefit of women. It keeps going, but <laughs> I actually think it's like, I like it. And I think it's like not homophobic. <laughs> yeah. It because really I think it seem homophobic per se. I think it's interesting because I think it like argues that it, it is sort of like the failed men theory that Basil likes to bring up. Right. <laughs> um, it's certainly the failed men theory, but it, I actually think it's kind of like the opposite of homophobia because it kind of argues that like the gay male um, understands earlier than the other men that like everyone is cucked and <laughs> sort of, and sort of thus like, you know, distances himself from masculinity and then eventually eroticizes it. Um, and I think that's kind of like, you know, it's, I think it's a better view of gayness than like, you know, like what liberals want to believe, which is like, 
the born this way or whatever. It's There's kind of like actually like the population. Gay, it's not about sex. It's like gay people gay. Are, or gay men are these like special sort of creatures that kind of like understand how rigged the game is from the beginning. Um, and it does end up bad for them too, in the way it ends up bad for everyone else. But they're sort of like intuitive and like in other time periods certainly would have been uh, kind of formidable, you know, forces or whatever. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think about all that? It was a lot to digest. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. You seem like you seem like a straight guy that was probably repulsed by like maybe like male on male roughhousing. Yeah, no, I I I definitely was not like a super macho, you know, uh, kid or an adult really either. Um, I and like I, I mean I wouldn't say I was feminine either but sensitive definitely like more interested in like art and like quiet reflection Wait, what was the story shit. your wife told me didn't something funny happen in pre in like elementary school with you that kind of has to do with this uh, i don't know <laughs> i'm trying to you remember i feel like you told me this story i don't know maybe i'm, I'm making sure it up did, like but... you made fun of like <laughs> Something you got in trouble for, your parents had to come pick you up. Oh, I spanked I like a girl. Huh? I spanked a girl. <laughs> yes, that was the story. Yeah. I don't know why that came to mind now. That is so funny. Yeah. See, you were well, already like, conquering. I always had crushes on girls and stuff as a kid, so I didn't... But, um, yeah, definitely wasn't, like, a, a macho guy. Um, but, you know, I, like, I always enjoy, like, bro time and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm open to the, the BAP theory or whatever um, of, of gayness. Um, I don't know that I can, like, unequivocally endorse it. I, I just don't. I don't know. No, I mean, you can't unequivocally endorse anything Bob says. It's just like <laughs> to get you to think, you yeah. know, that's all, that's all yeah. it is. Which I think I'm... is, yeah, that, that should be the main takeaway of BAP is that to me, at least like you, it's not just like a literal reading of like what he says is what he believes and is the truth that it's like, he, it's just kind of a, he's trolling. He's trying, he's satirizing. He's, trying to provoke and just shake people out of this passive cucked mindset that I do agree with him is a problem and is extremely pervasive. Yeah. I agree with like, I agree with his diagnosis of the problem. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, that the problem is real yeah, <laughs> and that we have lost like a, a vitality in our culture and that it's like very sad and that like you can see it even in like our decrepit like crypt keeper politicians like slowly like <laughs> crawling toward the stage and like you know and I do think everyone I know I I mean most people I know seem to be 
depressed somewhat um, and on some level, at least some of the time, uh, because they find their lives slightly unfulfilling in one way or another. Um, I don't know oh, if you yeah. believe that, but I, oh, I yeah. tend to see that. I, <laughs> you know? agree. I mean, there's a spectrum, of course, but yeah, like, I would say at least 50% of the people I know are basically chronically depressed. <laughs> yeah. And even people who aren't chronically depressed, I do think like see something feels wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Have some level of ex- existential ennui or something. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if the, I'm even talking about people who like have all the things, like I know people with kids and stuff who seem to like kind of, you know, just don't, they just don't seem yeah stuff just feels sort of like hollow i guess yeah experience is kind of bounded within these certain parameters you don't feel like you have true freedom or you can fully actualize your potential you know you're just kind of supposed to like what you're supposed to do is just kind of go to work and come home and like eat some shitty food and like watch some TV and then go to take some drugs and medications, you know, go to bed and wake up and do it all again, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, that is what, that is what most people's lives are. And you do feel like you're not living up to your full potential and it feels very difficult to break out of that. And I think that BAP is touching on that. And I think that's why people, gravitate toward it and i don't think it's because they're like far-right racist fascists (laughs) i think it's that he's giving um because i know women who like bap i know i mean i know tons of people like you know like he's entertaining and it's fun and it it's just helps it i just think it uh yeah i don't know and i i also love the just fucking the cope and seed of all these like liberal academics just being like, <laughs> it is very, that is, is in itself very entertaining. Yeah. It's very entertaining. And that's why I don't want it to be like some government controlled op thing. Cause I really want these guys just to feel cucked to the ends of the earth who are like, why did no one want to read my, my book, like queer environmentalism for the, 21st century of brown bodies. It's like, yeah, no one wants to fucking read that. Sorry. People want to read Bap. His whole book's about fucking. Write something more interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, it's, you know, clearly there the whole media apparatus has taken the view that Bap is dangerous and is not to be read or taken seriously at all. Yeah. So that tells you something. I... I, I, I tend to think that, like, the official narrative, I don't know. I mean, you never know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he is a total op in some way. But I kind of, like, think he's, like, very deeply hated by, like, everything mainstream. Which, and again, we pointed out in the group chat recently, like, it doesn't mean that BAP to become an op or to be like co-opted doesn't mean that BAP himself has to sign right. has ha- has to have signed some sort of like 
CIA contract where he like knows that he, you know. Right, right. Well, and right. I mean, you can see the same like Alex Jones, for example, the media universally shits on Alex Jones. He's dangerous. He's a crazed conspiracy theorist, grifter, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's completely clear at this point that he's controlled opposition, you know, so it's hard and again yeah you don't know to what extent is he like literally on cia payroll or what you know you know it's not that part's not clear but it's obvious that his function in the media is to put certain points of view and topics um outside of the limits of acceptable viewpoints you know that's his function and so it could just be that BAP is something, you know, along those lines, too. Right. But I think what I learned this week in the in the GC is that, like, that could be happening to BAP without necessarily BAP having, like, complicity. In oh, it. for sure. For sure. The only thing that makes me suspect of him in that sense is just his his credentials, you know, MIT and then Yale, which is like the most sus basically trajectory for someone who becomes this underground online, you know, right wing thought leader, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. And it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And I still think his message is a valuable one, even if he is sort of a CIA plant or something. <laughs> Well, maybe him and Dasha will birth the emperor that eventually leads the us all bench. out of the out of the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> they'll bring they'll bring him forth. Um, how much how much how much have we done? I think we've got we've gotten a good hour and a half, pretty much. All right, I would I would I'd like to call it. I think we can call it. But that was good, good talk. Yeah. Um, I recommend. I'm. I'll go ahead and come out as someone who recommend. I I think it's. Read Bronze Age mind. Uh, read Bronze Age mindset. Read Selective Breeding. You can get Bronze Age mindset on Audible uh, and listen to it. It's really fun to listen to. I'm a subscriber to Caribbean R- Rhythms on Substack. I like it. It's funny. Um, I think the Red Scare episode with Bop is super entertaining. It's over two hours long. Is it um, paywalled? So I- what is the Red Scare episode with Bap paywalled? It is paywalled, but you can probably, you guys know, like, you could probably get it Find somewhere. Would be my yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would just, I would just recommend. I think it's fun. I, I, I think he's fun. I, I think it'll make you feel good to read it. So I recommend it. <laughs> Sick. Well, yeah. Good talk, you. Yeah. Good um, talk. Talk to you guys to soon. Bye, guys. Yeah. Take it easy.